For the last month, I have been compiling data within my own technology uses and my kiddos' screen time as well to see what was normal in my family. The outcome of what I found could be the magic ticket to keeping your motherhood and the sweet spot between too much screen time and using technology for the benefits that we all love. Systemize your life with Chelsea Joe. That's me. And this is a podcast for modern women who are eager to live with more meaning and less overwhelm. We're about to tap into some fiercely meaningful relationships, bang in organization and time management strategies, and a rock solid plan for our personal well being with functional systems to those problems we all go through. Girl, if you feel like you're watching life go by from a window on the Hot Mess Express, then it's time to roll up your sleeves, dig in, and get your life out of the chaos and into confidence. You know, it's not uncommon for me to read in Facebook groups that other moms are looking for ways to cut back on screen time and not know where to start. It's also not uncommon to see families out at dinner with a tablet or a phone for each child at the table. And it's not uncommon for us in our own home to have the television on during dinner. There's a guy named Adam Leventhal. He's a professor of preventative medicine and psychology, also the director of the USC Health, Emotion, and Addiction Laboratory at the Keck School of Medicine of University of Southern California. One of the studies that he did statistically shows that teens who are exposed to higher levels of digital media were significantly more likely to develop ADHD symptoms in the future. Do a quick Google search on the impact of social media and screen time and technology on your kids and on yourself. It's affecting the way that our brains process the world. It's affecting our creativity, our mood, and our mental health. I see it within my own family, and even though we have a very good grasp on things in comparison to other families, I can see that the addiction of technology interferes with my ability to be creative and productive. It also interferes with my ability to see the vision of my future in the wholesome way that it was designed, because I'm constantly trying to put a barrier between me and where I am and what I have and what everyone else is showing their world and where they are and what they have. I also see screen time in my kiddos and it being the first thing that they want to do, not the last thing. And so today, this is going to be an episode that talks all about how to reduce screen time for you and your kids and what you can do instead. Before I jump into today's meaty topic about screen time for you and your kiddos, I want you to know that we have motherhood productivity sessions up and rolling. I am having the time of my life sitting down and talking to other moms that are truly craving to get consistent with the management of their home and their faith and their business. I am so open to chatting with every single one of you in my DMs over on Instagram at chelseajoe.co to talk about your struggles to see if booking a session with me would be a good fit for your current needs. I know how lonely motherhood can be and at times can be super defeating, but you don't have to go at it alone. I am here to give you a solid action plan so every single day and every single week you wake up feeling extremely hopeful. Like you actually see progress. You feel confident every single day. And when you go to bed at night, you're full of pride in the way that you managed your home. The other cool thing about coming over and chatting with me in my DMs to find out if motherhood productivity sessions are a good fit for you right now, it just really puts you at front of mind for me. I pray for all the mamas that come to me that have questions and need support. So if you are in a place right now where you have some struggles in motherhood and you feel like you could use some support, come on over, chat with me, and let's see what we can make happen. Let's get into it and start talking about what it's been like tackling my own addiction to social media, 
realizing the effect that it has on my brain, how it's been changing motherhood for me. Well, not even changing how it has changed motherhood for me. And I know you guys are, are all having the same experiences as me because it's just part of what we do as moms now. And I'm also going to talk to you kind of about the journey that I have taken on figuring out how much is too much screen time for my kiddos and is it okay in my heart and my mind to use it as a babysitter and just all of these really sticky issues that moms don't ever want to talk about because there's so much shame behind it and I, I don't really understand the shame behind it because it's something that we're all doing whether or not we're talking about it or not. But specifically today, what I'm going to tell you is all of the nitty gritty on the data that I collected on our own technology patterns. I'm also going to tell you what you can do to assess your own level of technology use and how to reduce the amount of time you are using your phone. I will say that this episode is pretty jam-packed with steps on exactly where in my iPhone. Sorry for all you Android and Google users out there. If you don't have an iPhone, this episode is extremely applicable to you in every way other than I cannot tell you the exact steps to find data on your usage, but I do know that it's there. I just don't have the expertise in telling you what to click on in your phone. For all of you iPhone users out there, you are in for a treat because I am going to be telling you exactly what to click on, everything that you can utilize within the settings in your iPhones to help manage and support your ideals when it comes to screen time in your life and your kiddos. And since I have so much to get through. I'm just going to jump right in. So really how it all started was just by sitting down and having a conversation with Blaine to figure out kind of what we thought would be appropriate usage for us and where we saw the biggest issues currently before we ever really dove into this. So when I sat down, I picked one specific thing that I wanted to focus on and I suggest you do that too because removing technology in one fell swoop or tackling everything that you're doing in your household all at once can be very overwhelming. So if you sit down and you look at your day like I did, and for him, his biggest rub was having the TV on at the dinner table. And this specifically came into our lives when Bailey came into our lives. (laughs) Bailey, um, she has a lot to say about everything all the time, probably a lot like her mom, which is, you know, why I started a podcast. (laughs) And so it's okay. Like I knew when she was in my womb that she was going to be a very interesting version of myself. I could tell it. I could just tell that that's how her spirit was going to be. And when she came out of the womb, man, she was rip roaring and ready to tell the world how she feels about things. And at dinner, I mean, that's great, but we can't enjoy a meal like ever. So we have been entertaining her during dinner with the television and back and my husband and I've gone back and forth on this because when we go out to eat she never has any type of stimulation we don't give her our phone she doesn't have an iPad she has nothing she colors we entertain her and she's perfectly fine what it's coming down to is when we're at home and I'm either cooking dinner I've cooked dinner too late which we all know from a previous podcast episode what troubles that brings And she's hungry or she's whiny, she's fussy, or she didn't nap that day and she's tired or dinner got started late. And so it's closer to her bedtime and she's just loud, you guys, like crying and loud and just crying. Like she's loud and she has a lot to say. And when we're exhausted and it's the end of the day and I'm trying to entertain my older daughter and I'm trying to get food on the table for everybody and there's just a lot going on to get dinner on the table, putting the television on completely stopped the whining And so, of course, that's something that we're going to want to do, right? Because it makes it easier for us. But my husband and I both agreed that it was something that we wanted to look at. I really wanted to see, is Bailey dependent on this? Is this something that we're doing because it makes life easier for us? How often do we want to allow this? Is this just a special kind of activity that we do on a certain night of the week? And so we sat down and I started making a tally sheet that said, how many nights a week are we putting on the television for Bailey? And 
It was about four nights out of the week that she was getting the television while eating dinner. And that we're all at the table, but she can see it, right? And well, some of us at the table can see it. And so it worked. But then this obviously means that she is not involved in conversation at the dinner table, which is huge and not something I want to be doing with my kids. It also means that we are not going out of our way to adequately meet the needs of her. So what that she's needy? That's the human that's in our family. And we need to meet her where she is and not just throw technology at her. So these were things that we were looking at. So four out of seven nights of the week. And of course, I'm like, eh, you know, whatever. It's not that big of a deal. And then, you know, my husband's like, well, I think that we shouldn't have it at all unless it's special. And so we sat down and we, we had the data that we needed for that. I also, when I made a tally mark, I put down why we were using it. Was it because she was tired because she missed nap? Was it because I started dinner late and she's hungry and tired? Was it because Blaine and I really wanted time to connect and we haven't had enough time to connect? And so we didn't want to have to entertain Bailey. We had something at the table that we really wanted to talk about. What was the reason why we were doing it? And that is very important for you guys to note as well. Another one of the areas that we looked at was the video time on the iPad for our seven-year-old. What that has looked like for a long time, she is extremely respectful and disciplined. She only gets it if she's asked for it. It's not something that she does every day. She never has it during the week. She doesn't have it after school. It's basically... If she's not in school, Saturdays when her sister's napping, that's like her downtime. She loves to sit and watch other children play with toys on YouTube, which we all know is just nuts and ridiculous. And we've tried things. We have tried to curb that with um, other videos, different things. Um, specifically like National Geographic and stuff that's educational for her, learning how things are made and, and just going in that direction. But this podcast specifically is not about like how to make technology educational for your kids. It's about the effects of them having a screen in front of their face. And so I put down how many hours is she sitting in front of the iPad? The other thing too with her is we have shared parenting time. And I know that whenever she goes to her biological father's house that she is getting screen time there that I can't monitor. And that is affecting her as a whole rounded human. And if she's getting too much of it there, more than I want my daughter to have and I don't have control over it, that has to and will affect the way that I am parenting her and the decisions that we're making on how much screen time she gets at our house. And so these were all things that we had to take into consideration. So during that month, I would ask her when she would come home, hey, what'd you do today? And she told me that she was on her iPad, I would put it down. And so I was able to get a pretty good gauge of how often she was on her iPad. And it was a, it was every weekend. It's been every weekend for her. Now, when it comes to me <laughs> and my phone usage, I have been extremely transparent and forthright with my husband about my brain's desire to get sucked into Instagram and what that really equates to is addiction. I would find myself in the middle of a time block having no outward desire to be on social media and find myself 30 minutes deep and not even wanting to be there because my brain was desiring the stimulus that I get from being an Instagram. And I am an adult. I have control over that behavior and I have control over the outcomes from the decisions that I make in my own life. And whenever I'm doing things that I don't want to be doing, no, it's not outside of my control, but I know that my brain is operating on a wavelength that is subconscious to me. That's when I knew, okay, I am having an extremely hard time staying on track to the things that I want to stay on track with because of the stimulus that I'm getting from Instagram, I need to shut it down. So in your phone, there are ways to track this and I will go over that. But I was spending on average an hour and 
30 to an hour and 45 minutes a day on Instagram, which was a little bit less than what I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to be right around two hours. So it was a few minutes less than that. But still, I had to sit down and ask myself, what am I using Instagram for? And do I need two hours a day to do that? Because if I don't, then inevitably I am ruining my productivity in other areas and I can no longer be complaining about how I didn't have time to get laundry done if I am misusing social media. I could have gotten a load of laundry done. And this is where discipline comes in as parents. And I think that it's really important that you sit down and you have hard conversations with yourself about your usage of technology and social media, what you're using it for, why you're using it, and really get real with yourself. Start collecting data. Start making tally marks. How many times a day do I pick up my phones to go into Instagram? And you actually don't even have to make tally marks for that, you guys. Your phone keeps track of it for you, and I'm going to show you in just a little bit here exactly what you can do to find out where that is. After I collected all this data and I put my next systems in place for reducing my screen time, I managed to reduce all of the screen time that I used by 65%, which was huge. I am now able to have set hours a day where I am engaging and I know exactly how I'm engaging with others on my Instagram My daughter has a list in place and is no longer, I have a system for her and I'm going to tell you what it is. And it's a list that allows her to find other options that she really loves. And then my daughter, Bailey, the youngest one, we are able now to sit down at dinner and not have the TV on if and whenever we don't want that to happen. With all of that said... I am going to just jump right into what I do now to reduce the amount of time that I am on my phone and talk to you about some of the incredible things that are in the iPhone that you can utilize to track your usage and even (laughs) force yourself to not have access. So if you go into your iPhone and you click on settings, and then you click on screen time, you are going to see a screen that shows you all of your activity. It shows you your daily averages. And that top section there where it says daily average underneath the bar graphs, if you click on the arrow facing right, that's a see all activity, it takes you to a screen that you can either change between week or day. And if you click on the day portion of it. It separates your usage into how much of your phone you're using for productivity, how much you're using for social networking, and how much of your phone you're using for other. Within there, it will also list all of your most used apps. It shows you how much time you've used in them each day. Here's the other really cool thing. It shows you how many times a day you pick up your phone. Like it literally shows you how many times a day you've picked up your phone. So since 5.35 a.m., it's showing that I've picked up my phone 65 times. And then what it does from there is it shows you after you've picked up your phone, the app that you went to first. Like it legit has a breakdown. Today, I've picked up my phone 15 times and opened Instagram straight from there. I've also picked up my phone six times and went straight to text messages. I've picked up my phone four times and opened my emails. I have picked up my phone twice to open my maps, twice to open my calendar, five times to open my Google chat, once to pick up my calculator, once for Facebook. It literally has every single time you have opened your phone, what app you went to first. And if you click on that app, It will show you your daily average of pickups, how many times you pick up your day to interact with that specific app, and it shows you the time frame of the day that you're doing that. It also shows you how many notifications for that day have come in from that specific app. So 
the notifications that I get per hour. This is linked per hour on Instagram. On average, daily is about 18. So if I respond to those 18 prompts every single day and say I spend five minutes per interaction into those notifications, I'm not a mathematician, but I'm pretty sure that's a whole heck of a lot of time. You can see how all of these insights really starts to hit you smack in the face on what it is that you're doing in your phone. And then that's when you get to make the hard decision on whether or not that's how you want to be spending your time, let alone thinking about how this is actually impacting the way you carry yourself throughout the day, the way you're engaging with the world around you, the way that you're utilizing your emotional and social well-being just within the community that you live in. So this is super important. Okay, so now I'm going to go back. That is the way that you can see your screen time activity. All right, so here's what I did with all that information. When you go into settings, screen time, towards the middle of the screen, you've got a couple options. You have an option to set up your phone to have downtime. You also have an option to set time limits within your apps. There's even an option to set up communication limits, which means anything applied to your phone, FaceTime, messages, and iCloud contacts can be limited. You can allow these communications during screen time, or you can allow them during downtime, or you can change who you allow to contact you during specific times of the day. The first way that I started off was by setting app limits on my phone. I allowed myself an hour a day of social media. So that included Instagram, Facebook, and then on the weekends, I gave myself it doesn't allow you to set an app limit for zero minutes. So I did one minute on Saturday and Sunday, which means I basically just don't even use it. When I did that, it was very successful in keeping me under my one hour limit on Instagram. It was successful for the first two and a half or three weeks. Last week, when you set an app limit and you have reached your limit of time for that day, you've consumed the entire hour, what happens to the app is it grays out. You can still tap on it, and when you open it up, a screen pops up that says time limit. You've reached your limit on Facebook, or you've reached your limit on Instagram. You can either click the big blue button that says, okay, thanks for letting me know I've hit my limit, bummer, you know, okay, thank you, and you don't go into it, or you can hit the little non-highlighted button underneath that says ignore limit. Then a screen pops up that says ignore limit for one more minute, remind me in 15 minutes, or ignore the limit for today. Every single day last week, I ignored the limit for today. Like that was the option that I picked. I hit ignore limit and then I said ignore limit for today because my brain told me that I would not abuse it since I'd been so good at only utilizing it for an hour and I ignored the time limits, and I went in and I was like, I'm just going to do this one thing. I just need to find this one thing. There was a message that somebody sent me, and it was important, and I need to send an email on it, what have you. And guess what happened? Every single time. It got sucked in. Somebody that I really, really love had a story with a little flashing rainbow circle around it up at the top, and I was like, ooh, like, what are they doing? And I clicked on it. And then, of course, you have to see all of them. And then guess what? My other really cool person that I absolutely love because the algorithms and Instagram are amazing and they know who you love. And so they keep pushing the ones that you love right in front of your face. So you stay on there for hours. They're geniuses, but we need to know how this stuff works. We need to know what it's doing to our brain. <laughs> we need to know how it is ruining our motherhood, our productivity, our ability to engage with our babies. Our ability to engage with the people at the grocery store, our ability to keep our hands on the wheel when we're driving. We need to know how this stuff is working. Please, please, please go into your settings on your iPhone, click on screen time, and look at what is happening. If you are spending multiple hours a day on your screen time, multiple hours a day in a specific app, and you do not want to be and you do not need to be, set an app limit for yourself. Here's the other option, and this is what I have resulted to now. 
especially for those of you that have set work hours and you know exactly what time blocks you have during the day to be on social, to answer emails, to interact with the people inside your phone, not the people outside of your phone. Setting a downtime on your phone is going to be extremely easy for you. It becomes very complicated for me because of my husband's schedule and my schedule never being the same, but it is a completely beneficial tool and has helped me to get extremely consistent with how I'm utilizing my phone for my business versus my personal life. When you go into your settings and then screen time, there's a little button that says downtime. And you can either click downtime for every single day from this time to this time, or you can customize it where Sunday you have downtime from, say it's all day long, right? So your downtime, and this is what I've ended up doing. My downtime in my phone is on the weekends. It's all day, all day long. Now, when you set a scheduled time for downtime, it's for you to literally be away from your screen. And during your downtime, only apps that you choose to allow and phone calls will be available. So if you want to shut down your phone in its entirety, you can set it up to where you will still get phone calls from either all your contacts or a specific set of individuals. Like maybe on the weekend, you don't want to be bothered by anybody except for your mom, your best friend, your husband, your siblings, like your immediate family members, right? My grandma, like I would allow phone calls from those people for my dad and that's it, right? And then everybody else that tries to call you, it would not, it doesn't come through. And same thing with text messages. You can allow your text message app so that you get text messages from anybody the entire day. You can also have downtime to where you do allow emails or you don't allow emails. It is an incredibly cool feature that you can set in your phone. Once you have set up the specific, you've clicked downtime and then you flip the toggle for it to be on and you've picked out if you want it to be customized time for your phones to be on downtime throughout the day or you've set a specific time every single day, then you're going to go and click back to screen time on that and you're going to click on always allowed. Right underneath where it says downtime, there is a an option for always allowed. And that is where you get to specifically tell your phone what apps are always allowed even when your phone is in downtime. So like I just explained, this is exactly where you're going to find it. You go into your settings, then your screen time, then you're going to click on always allowed. And that is where there's a section that says contacts and then there's an option to either put everyone or specific contacts. If you want specific contacts only and not everyone in your phone to be able to call you during downtime, then that is when you click on specific contacts and you either get to add a new contact or choose from the ones that you already have in your phone. And you can allow that. So during my work hours and during the weekend, if I do not want to be interrupted at all, I have my downtime set up on my phone. So these are literally like my work hours, my do not disturb hours, which is the time that I'm with my family and the time I'm supposed to be working on my business. I only have specific contacts that are allowed to call me, specific text messages, and everything else in my phone. The alerts will not pop up. I will not know that I have emails at that time. I do not I'm not alerted to anything on my phone during my phone's downtime. The functionality of this restriction, I will say, has the same drawback as setting app limits. I like the app limits to be set on my phone, which are always set that way. I always have my app limits for on the weekends to have no time and for the weeks, days to have an hour because... When my phone is not in the downtime, I still don't want to allow myself to be on 
Instagram for more time than I want to be on it each day. For me, Facebook is not like it's just not an issue. I don't get sucked into Facebook. It's it's just very different. Instagram or where my people hang out and I get excited and I get chatty and I want to meet all the people and talk to all the people and make friends with all the people. So that's the one thing that I know I have to really manage. But that one drawback is that when you're in your downtime, the app goes grayed out, you can click on it and you can bypass and hit ignore if you really want to. For me, I have enough discipline for that to work most of the time. But now I know that on the weekends, if I've had a week where I am really being pulled and I am having a hard time, I delete the app completely off of my phone. Some weekends I haven't had to do that. I just leave it on there and I have a zero, well, a one minute allowance set in my screen time usage for that app and it works just fine. This past weekend, the app had to come off completely just completely. It had to go. I could not keep myself from bypassing and ignoring it. And that's okay. Like, that's why we're talking about this. It happens. It's going to happen to you. And I just want you to know that these are your options. Like, this is how you manage this stuff. This is how you get a grip and handle what social media is. Like, people are making money and it's a business. Like, it's a beautiful thing that somebody created But not if it's to our own demise, not if you can't get laundry done or not if you can't pay attention to your kids or not if it makes you feel crappy about yourself, not if you're constantly comparing yourself to where everyone is. If you're utilizing it as a space to buy and sell and trade baby items in a Facebook group, awesome, great. If you're using it to make sure that you stay connected with family members in another state, great, use it. If you're using it as a business tool, Awesome. If you're using it as a platform to be able to host private groups within Facebook, awesome. But you're the only one that knows if you're actually using it in that manner, right? So these are the things that I have set up on my phone to be able to help me get serious control over how I'm utilizing my phone. Here are some other really quick tips for you on how to manage this for yourself. Take your apps off of your home screen. So they shouldn't be first thing on your home screen. That way you're not, even if you just have to go into your phone to respond to a text message, you don't immediately just see the apps that, especially social media for me, if I don't see Instagram right there, then I just move it. The other quick tip is to turn off your notifications. There is a caveat to that. I will say that turning off notifications on your phone is a beautiful thing. It's an amazing thing because if you're not alerted to it, you're less likely to go over and pick it up. But I will say that when I turn off the notifications, the notifications on my Facebook have been off for years. And that's probably why I'm not drawn to it as much. But I will say with Instagram, I know that people are sending me messages and that I have DMs and there are responses to certain questions and polls. There is activity going on there. And when I don't have my notifications on there, I'm more likely to go into the app more often to check than I am if I just wait for a notification to tell me that it's there. So you can play around with that and see which one triggers you more. The point is to say that it is important important for you to turn off your notifications and see if that makes a difference for you because it has made a huge difference for a lot of people. The other really quick tip that I alluded to earlier is set business times for yourself. If you are utilizing Instagram to be able to grow and scale and interact and nurture a community online for your business, set work hours. Utilize it as a tool and as a tool only. All right. Let's move into how to reduce screen time for your kids and what to do instead for them. As we have this conversation about our kiddos, let me just say this. I strongly believe that in your heart of hearts, you know whether or not your kids are utilizing their iPads and their phones and cartoons and movies too often. But if you need a set of questions to help yourself know if they are having too much screen time, 
here's a few for you to consider. Some of the things that I have encouraged others to think about and I thought about myself were what background words and messages do I want for my children? The subliminal messaging that is happening in your children's lives, what do you want that to sound like and what do you want that to look like? Another question could be, are the current habits and received messaging that they are receiving leading us and them as they get older into the messaging that I want them to hear? And I say this because you may think it's fine now that they're watching all of the Disney shows and all of the apps that seem harmless and that aren't exposing them to quote-unquote negative information, but is it always going to stay that way? If the current habits that they have in place right now and with screen time are still there as they grow, example with my daughter, is she always going to want to watch videos about Jojo Siwa Is she always going to want to watch videos about how other people do their nails? No, it's going to turn into videos that aren't on YouTube kids. And that is a gateway to information that I am not okay with her being exposed to. And if I don't want her to have those habits, then I should probably stop those habits now. And you will be able to ask yourself these questions. And if you answer them honestly, we'll be able to put in my system to help you taper how much screen time your kids are having. Here is another question. Are they dependent on a screen? Can they play without it? Can they play without a movie on? Can they have dinner without a phone? Are you capable of sitting around the table without the TV on? Like that was a huge one that we had to find out. Is she capable, is Bailey capable of eating dinner and using manners and handling herself in the way that we believe that she should at the table without the television on? For us, the answer was yes, which thank goodness it was. (laughs) I was really happy about that. But let's just say we were pretty scared. But that is a great question to ask. Another one that I love is, am I using it to replace love and creativity that I'm too busy to give my kiddos that I want to be giving them? So one of the things that I really had to look at for me was, When Frankie says, hey, mom, it's nap time for sis. Can I go watch my videos? And I want to be like, yeah, sure, go watch. Is that because I don't want to take the time to sit and play doll babies with her? Is it because I don't want to sit and take the time to take her outside to play ball? Like, what is it? If those are the reasons, those are not reasons why I want her on technology. And how often are you doing that? How often are you utilizing technology to replace what you believe you should be doing as a parent? Another great question is, is it discouraging reading time or creative play? And another one that I want to talk about is, and that I think is a great question, is do my children have noticeable shortened attention spans? Are they capable of Getting through an activity without constant stimulation. Can they sit still? And I know each kid is different. But if your kids have short attention spans, maybe instead of giving them the tablet, what you can do is sit with them and help hold their attention and teach them how to sit and play in one place. So these are some of the questions that I asked myself and I found hard answers to. And this is what I did to reduce the amount of screen time that they have and what we did instead of using screens. So for my oldest daughter, again, she's seven. This is obviously going to be much different for those of you that have teenagers. We just recently went to a workshop at our church talking about screen time with teens. And there is a whole other world of information out there about how to set limits on your Wi-Fi and how you can control that from your phone. If you are a parent to teens right now and you want that information, send me a DM and I will shoot back the specific apps and the ways of shutting down your Wi-Fi so your kids don't have access to it on their phones and on their tablets. 
um, and some of the other things that I learned. But because that is not the season that I'm in, I chose to stick specifically with what we're using right now. But I do have resources for you guys. So come over to the uh the Instagram world where I hang out and I will get you that information. So for my oldest daughter, that is seven, what we chose to do is we sat down and we built a before videos list. And right now, since it's new and we're transitioning, this list is compiled of things that my husband and I and herself, she was involved in talking about what things she could do before sitting and watching video games, things that she really loves. So on that list, there is play your violin, read a chapter in your chapter book, make your tube dolls. So she has a community of little dolls that she makes out of toilet paper tubes, and she's obsessed with them. So that's on the list that she could do. Drawing, coloring, journaling, listening to music, doing yoga, playing in the backyard, playing Barbies, making money off of your chore list, playing a game with mom and dad. And then also at the top of that list, there is a not what can you do before you do videos, but what has to be done before videos. So what has to be done is she has to be caught up on homework. Her bed has to be made and all of her dirty clothes have to be picked up off the floor and put in her hamper. Those are the things that we're really trying to get instilled in her right now. And those are the things that she has to have done before she can use the iPad. So with this list of things that she can do before she uses the iPad, she gets to pick any one thing from that activity to do. And we set a timer for 20 minutes. If she does that activity for 20 minutes, then she, if her bed is made and her homework is caught up and the dirty clothes are picked up off the floor. After those 20 minutes, then she can move into videos. But what happens is most of the time she gets so caught up in those activities that she's doing that she decides that she wants to keep doing it. And it has minimized the amount of time that she sits and watches videos on her iPad. It's not that we want to get rid of them altogether, although I have been told and taught and lectured by many and everyone will have their own opinions on this, but we don't want to get rid of them altogether. We thought about it, but it's just not something that we want to do. And we are open to being responsible parents and making sure that we know what apps obviously are on the technology. And the reason why I'm not even going to just start when it comes to setting limits in the iPad and all of that kind of stuff is because everything is password protected. She can't put anything on there that she doesn't want. And as she gets older, those restrictions and the way that we're involved in it will be much deeper and much more restricted. But for now, we know what's on the iPad and we know what she's able to utilize and She has our full trust with that because we monitor it and she's never broken our trust in that way. So this list that we have created has really been a beautiful system for us to be able to help reduce how much time she's using her iPad. And since we don't ever let her have it during the week anyway, for us being able to track, you know, how often is she on her iPad, it's still pretty much every weekend. Sometimes it's not. But I do know that she's not sitting on it for hours like she used to. My other hope with this is that it begins to train her to see the joy in other creative activities so that when she goes over to her other home and she wants to just go straight to technology, that we are building a bank of memory in her mind of other activities that she can do that really light her up and give her reward other than just the stimulation of the iPad. So that's that. All right, now I'm going to talk to you about the little one, about Bailey Mae. So she's two, and she literally just within the past three days, I'm not even kidding, this is after I've compiled all my data, she has found where Frankie Joe keeps the iPad, where it is kept, and she's obsessed with it. So we are going to have to set up a whole nother. We're basically just not allowing her to have it. Like she just, we're hiding it. She doesn't need to have it. We don't want her to have it. She gets to be able to have screen time in the form of movies and cartoons during the day. 
So what we have done to reduce screen time for her is making sure that at minimum for me, the goal is, is that three days a week, she gets one-on-one structured play with myself or my husband. And that means in our morning block of time after Sissy goes to school and we come home, that time is not a time to be putting on the television. That is a time where we get out all the Montessori activities, all the preschool activities, or we take her to the park. Like that's my husband's thing. He really likes to do that. He also loves to teach colors and numbers and shapes and things like that with her. Um, And so sometimes he'll do that. But making sure that we are putting it in our calendar that we want that to be done with her has drastically reduced the amount of time she gets screen time. On the other two days, she's allowed to sit and watch cartoon if she wants. And for me, as a mental note in my mind, I make sure that it is turned off before lunch and then she doesn't get it the rest of the day. Obviously, I've already talked to you guys about our dinner time behaviors. And this is just something that we're working on. And these are going to be things that you guys work on. Some of you are going to be like, holy crap, that is way more screen time than I would ever let my kids have. And then some of you are going to come to this podcast thinking, oh my gosh, if my children only had their iPads on Saturdays from 12 to 3.30, like, wow, that would be amazing. So everyone is in a different place with this right now. And that is the beauty of it, right? The The beautiful part of this is that we're having a conversation. Yes, me and you right now, we're having a conversation. The thoughts in your head and me behind this microphone, we are talking, friend. And then you're going to take those thoughts and you're going to bring them to me over on Instagram. And we're going to talk about it even further and brainstorm where you're at and where you want to be and how we can get there. But truly utilize a system like we have of sitting down with your spouse and talking about what is ideal for you. And then you're going to start with incremental steps. For Bailey, she is perfectly fine with not having the television on as long as we're interacting with her. If we leave her alone with a structured activity, she will play there. But if we don't come back and tend to her, she will come up and she will ask for more TV, please. Or I want to watch cartoons. So in order for us to replace that screen time for her, it it means us being involved. Now, for all of your kiddos, I wanted to say that some of the really cool things that you can do to replace screen time, even though it requires more work from us, are to get outside, set up a specific time of day. Even if you guys just start doing this once a week, look at the heavy times of usage for your kids and screen time and intervene. Be there for your children. Help them to grow in their hearts and in their minds outside of what is on a screen. It's okay to use them. I get it and I know, but there is a way for you to structure your day to where you can be getting things done with your kids. Start asking your kids to come and clean and cook with you. Those have been the two biggest game changers. Most of the time when I want to cook and I want to clean, and for most parents, what do they want? They want their kids to go away so they can hurry up and get it done. But if it meant reducing two hours of screen time a day, if you clean an hour a day and you cook an hour a day, which like, come on, we're all doing that. And that's typically when you have your kids on screens, just have them come and do it with you. The joy in their lives and the language that you get to teach them, the patience and the turn-taking There's just so much. And just the life skills. Like my daughter, you guys, I just threw up on Instagram from over the weekend. She cooked an entire meal for me and for Bailey. And I like, I can't get over it. But I know that's because I've been so intentional with keeping her in the kitchen with me. Not always. But I intend to do it as often as I can. Another thing that you can replace technology with is music. Like, what are your kids' favorite stations on Pandora? Do you have the little Alexa lady in your house? You could just tell her. Tell her what to play. Put music on. Dance with your kids. Sing with your kids. And something, I do utilize that a lot. Like, a lot. A lot. It's like the first go-to. Hey, you want to listen to music when I'm feeling that itch? And it totally helps entertain them. And we dance and we sing and we play. But the one thing that I really am thinking about doing. It's an extra cost, so we might not do it. But 
I want to get just a little teeny tiny old fashioned record player and I want to get records for the kids. They have books on tape, they have stories, they have obviously kid music. And I just think that it's something, clearly it was technology back in the day, but it's not such a fast paced stimulus to to where we're still funneling our kids into, hey, Alexa, play this. Hey, Alexa, play this. And that on-demand instant gratification. A record is like that thing where you have to wait until the next song. Sure, you can pick up the needle and you can, you can move it, whatever. But there's something there's something really, really intriguing about that to me. And so we haven't done it yet, but I do want to let you know that music works for us. And I think records are a really cool thing. Obviously, switch it up with books. Get interactive with your kids. Take them outside. And before I leave you today, I want you all to know that this is something that I feel so strongly about that I'm almost moved. I am moved, actually. I'm sitting in a closet full of shoes and jewelry and clothes, and I have goosebumps and my eyes are welling up with tears because I want you to know that your children and your own heart space are worth the time and energy that it takes to manage how you are utilizing screens in your home. I hope so much that today and all of the information that I have given you has been useful. I know it was a lot. Break it down. Listen to it in chunks. Take some notes. Come over and chat with me. I hope that this has been useful for you. I would love to know what you think about it. And here's my challenge for you. If you are still with me at the end of this episode, I know that you believe in what I'm talking about. And this weekend, like every weekend, I completely unplug. I remove apps, like I said, and I want you to do it with me. I want you to utilize technology, but I want you to challenge yourself to completely shut down your phone from Friday night until Monday morning. It has been the most beautiful experience, and I got it from my mentor and my coach, Stephanie Gass. She talks about it all the time. And when she started doing it, I was like, yo, if she can run a business and she doesn't have to be on social on the weekend, clearly I can, right? And she's not the only one. There are people doing it all over. And so I started doing it. And it's been the most beautiful experience. It refreshes me. It rejuvenates. It it frees me. It truly frees me. And I want that for you too. So pay attention this week. As I'm talking about it, I'm going to send out some polls on Instagram. I want you to get on board with me and unplugging on the weekends. And you don't have to do it every weekend, but I would like you to try it with me this weekend. Hey, before you go, if today's episode was meaningful to you, I know it will be for others. So please head over to iTunes, subscribe, then leave a review so more women can join our community too. And did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the women in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of this very podcast, tag me, and post it in your stories. What do you say we make a mighty breadcrumb trail for all the other women around us so we can make a change to the culture of how we care for each other and ourselves? I'll look forward to connecting with you over on Instagram until next time on Systemize Your Life with Chelsea Joe.